What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Goal presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. (laughs) He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Going on, brother. Not much, man. How you doing? Ah, oh, dude, I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, this is episode 197, right? Yep. Oh my god, I think I'm all right because for the last two days I have been living like an absolute madman. Uh, Pierre went out of town, right, for the taping of the Denver Married at First Sight. Uh, Let's go. Season. Can't wait for yeah. the next season. <laughs> yeah, Nashville is hitting you in the face right now. But <laughs> Denver is like her her grand opening in terms of like, you know, really being involved in a lot of the reveals and stuff like that. So, you know, she left a couple of days ago. We did the whole, you know, I'm gonna miss you and all that other stuff. And I had my son yesterday before <laughs> before the Bulls game, took him over to my sister's. Uh, so I could do my job, and uh, <laughs> and then picked him up last night. He tried to pull it on me this morning, man, with the whole I don't want to go to school and my tummy hurts and all this that and the other. I had to I had to damn near bribe my man to get out. But other than that, that was the only responsible, and that that interaction is probably the only responsible thing that I have done as an adult male over the last couple of days. Like even just now, before we jumped on this Zoom, I was like, you know what, let me. 
Let me get nice and pretty for Tony because I have not uh, brushed my teeth nor rinsed my ass the entire day. Like I, I jumped in the shower. It was like it's like I had a hot date. I'm like, oh, I get to I get to actually be responsible and be accountable for something today because boy, when I tell you, you know, it's therapy Thursdays. So like when I, I I did what I had to do earlier and then jump back into bed and shut it on down. But the day has been uh the day's been interesting. I've uh I've been eating chicken tenders all day. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got but you know, you gotta shop. You gotta go grocery shopping before your lady comes back into town to make you look like you wouldn't living like a complete like dorm rat you know mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. man you know what it has shown me though it's shown me how different my single life was as opposed to the <laughs> life i'm living right now tone oh my <laughs> god and not in a good way not in a bad way but just how different brother like i'm jumping up making the bed and doing all the other the board the last two days i have been sleeping near a pile of clothes okay <laughs> <laughs> i took them clothes out of the, the, the washer and the dryer it's like somebody will fold these <laughs> and then it had to be me it was so, funny uh, i I just had this conversation with my wife. I'm like, you know, the male species is strictly motivated by you guys. Oh, that's it. Like, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't, I mean, I think men would, we would shower eventually. Yeah. But the frequency of it would definitely be less if women weren't around. And that's the thing. I was always, like, I was sometimes a two-shower a day, uh, day kind of guy, right? So I'm sitting mm-hmm. there like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it, you get to a certain point where you're coasting and you're like, you know what? If I don't leave the house, who am I really offending with this <laughs> <laughs> with this odor? You feel me? But nah, man, it was um, it, it's been a it's been a caveman esque two days from here in the crib, and you know tomorrow I gotta get all pretty and put a suit on for the pre and post game show. So I'll eventually get back to my normal ways. But man, it has been vacation around this joint. I have I have been doing all the poor things diet wise. I've Caught up on my Call of Duty time. Caught up with the boys. It, it's it's another thing when you jump back in the game and people are like, "Hey, man, where you been?" Like it's it's like the barbershop that you haven't been to in a while, and you, you know you just got out of jail or something like that, and everybody's happy to see you. But yeah, man. Oh, and by the way, I'm not equating I'm not equating my relationship or anything like it to jail. All right, before that gets back, you know I, I got to be careful. There's new eyes on us here, Tone. There's new eyes. We creep up to 200 episodes here so i gotta be careful out here but yeah man it has been a uh it has been a a a man syndrome kind of two days boy i have i've been living a bare minimum life <laughs> lit a couple candles make myself feel good in here but other than that ooh we like the dogs are looking at me like man just thanks for feeding us we appreciate you we- <laughs> i mean you, you it seems like you did the basic mail you started a fire there you go That's you discovered it. fire Dog. <laughs> what? What? And tomorrow and tomorrow's payday. So I'm gonna provide for them. You know what I'm saying? I can provide tomorrow. You dig? I I, I made fire. <laughs> I I clubbed my food over the head and drug it home in the in the form of an Uber Eats delivery person. By the way, this is a public service. I know, I know. Y'all want me to get to the old sports and I'm gonna get to it. But this is a public service announcement. For all the Uber Eats drivers out there, I appreciate every single one of you. You know what I mean? I I appreciate the one, I, I respect the the danger 
that comes along with that job because you're just running up into people's places and dropping food off in strange neighborhoods. I appreciate you. Trust me, I do. But if you have signed up for that gig, don't tell me that you're downstairs because I'm going to tell you I'm upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like don't, don't give me where you are coordinates-wise because I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I feel you because I am actually up here looking at you. You know, like, <laughs> come on up. You know, everything's cool, you know? if Because... Far too many times, Tone, the food gets left outside, and then you you don't know. You're in the middle of a, you know, a, a hot and heavy Call of Duty game. <laughs> then you got cold ribs. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, yeah, who, who really wants to deal with that in the long run? And Jason, another thing, too, something that has... I've recently become a Gulf Puff fan. And again, this is... What's that? Uh, so they deliver just regular items. And this like, isn't man, an ad, by the way. Yeah, this is not an ad. They, they do us. not pay us. Yeah, they do yeah. not pay us. We may, we may, I may ask Jesse to bleep the names out, but <laughs> <laughs> but I've recently become a fan of them because, he, like, man, I, I really want a snack. I don't feel like leaving the condo or going downstairs, getting in my right. car and going somewhere. I'll have one bag of Skittles. Please deliver that to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they just bring it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and they just bring it. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live next to one of the warehouses, so it takes like five minutes. Okay. And they just drop okay. it off at the door. But here's my here's my gripe. Don't bring my stuff and have it reek of the marriage one. <laughs> I'm like, fam. Like, well, there's certain people who like, can't control that. Yo, like, <laughs> They've been like, driving yo, around all day. I, I open up the bag and I'm like, whoa, what am I being introduced to? You're already, you know, you're sullying my product. Like, uh, Get a little contact high before your munchies. Yeah. Like, come on, yo. Like, come on. This this is your job. This is work. (laughs) Ruining my food. If that's the case, then I apologize for ruining your delivery order, Tony, and it won't happen again. (laughs) We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So I don't know what the Bears are trying to do, but if they are trying to steal the entire black population away from basketball and whoever roots for the Sox and whoever may root for the Cubs, we all fall under the Chicago Bears umbrella. I keep saying this. I keep telling people from out of town this. Like, there's one gang that we all are are damn near sacrificial when it comes to. Like, we, we all walk and herd our way into that bears heaven that one day 85 will happen once again, right? Some people are Sox fans, some people are Cubs fans, some people are Blackhawks fans, some people are Bulls fans, but the Bears reign supreme. And when the Bears are good, this city has a vibe and a posture and a, and a, and a just a, a, a feeling 
that is not um, unlike any other. And unfortunately, in my lifetime as a Bears fan, I've only had maybe about three or four of those seasons where I'm like, this is this is something serious. This ain't just a good team or this ain't just something that you could toy around with and go to a divisional round playoff game. Like, this is a contender. I've had that maybe three times in my entire life as a Bears fan. One obviously went to the Super Bowl. So the fact that the Bears are the team that, is really given to us as a fan base. You know, we've had these conversations before about can a second team move to Chicago? It'd be interesting, but it'd take a long time for that team to gain real traction because of what the Bears not only mean to this city, but mean to the NFL. And of course, it's a big part of the city's identity. And for years, 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 and years, as a kid, you know, I'm going to let y'all in on some of the conversations that Black Bears sports fans had and still have to this day. Well, they can now subside because of the the latest movements. But I remember as a kid not remembering really um, or not being, I should say, I, I remember as a kid not really being in tune with the Vince Evans era of Bears football. Right. But as a kid, I would always it was kind of like beating into my head that the Bears while maybe not a quote-unquote racist organization, did not have a black quarterback. Or the Bears don't mess with black quarterbacks. Or they they ain't going to give a brother the, the quarterbacking job, especially when guys like Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon were popping up around the league. And it was it, it became a, a, a new phenomenon to entrust the, the, the glamour position in the league and the, the most important position in your building to a black man. And, of course, it's has spread like wildfire as of late because I don't know people like winning right and and, and the evolution of the, the 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 position and all the things that go into it and of course what Patrick Mahomes has become and you know will become because he is in the middle of what I think is a career that we are only going to witness maybe once or twice in our lifetime like the things that that dude is doing is next level and I don't think we appreciate it enough but you know, they, uh, Doug Williams, a big deal for me as a kid because it was a brother winning a Super Bowl at a position where, for whatever reason, brothers weren't quote unquote qualified or polished or had the leadership skills or anything of that nature enough to play or enough to get past the filters that came with quarterbacking and being entrusted with some of those leadership roles. And of course, it was all bullshit, you know, uh, psychobabble and ridiculous tropes that if anybody would have taken a real scientific look and actually seen that, hey, there's nothing stopping a black person from being a quarterback at the same level as a white dude. But hey, we're here now. Right. And I've been watching football for 35, 36 plus years. And as a kid, that was one of the things. Right. It's like, oh, the Bears ain't going to have no brothers at quarterback. Right. So fast forward to a couple of years ago. And this is after the Cordell Stewart era, after the Henry Burris era. Fast forward to a couple of years ago when Justin Fields was drafted. And I was like, yo, this is very, very important. First of all, this franchise hasn't really drafted and developed a quarterback in my lifetime, period. Not to mention now you've got a, a dude who resembles a big part of this city, right, in terms of the people that roam this city, a big part of the fan base, uh, a, a huge part of the culture right now, the most important and, and impactful culture right now is, is young African-Americans. Like, let's, let's keep it funky. And, and what the hip-hop culture has, and, and I find it, you know, sometimes odd when we throw the word culture around, but 
what what generations and genres, whether it be music or style or fashion, have spurned on and have have spawned. Because I came up in the era of the Fab Five. And and seeing those dudes dressed the same way that I did while they were in college and listening to the same music that I did when they were in college and I was a kid, it, it made me feel a, a certain type of way. To this day, I'm a fan of Chris Webber, Juwan Howard, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, and Jalen Rose. Shout out to Eric Riley as well and Steve Fisher, right? Like, that team transformed and changed how I saw things because it was okay to be myself. And as you take a look at the Chicago Bears right now, with this hire that they just made, uh, Kevin Warren is an exceptional, exceptional hire. Like, sometimes you see guys and you're like, man, is this dude overqualified for the gig? And you might say to yourself, well, Jason, it's the charter franchise of the NFL and (laughs) it's the Chicago Bears. But really, if you zoom out, the Chicago Bears... Would you say that they're ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of franchise um, cachet in the NFL? The Chicago Bears have a bigger market. The Chicago Bears have should have a bigger legend. They don't, right, in terms of winning and being a staple franchise and a model of consistency and a model of sustainable success, right? We're talking about Mike Tomlin. The, the, in my lifetime, and I believe in their franchise's organizational career, um, they've had three head coaches. Right. Like, like they, they haven't had much instability. So when we take a look at the hierarchy of NFL franchises and where the Bears should be, I look at a hire like Kevin Warren and say to myself, Brav fucking vote. Like, finally, the Chicago Bears feel like the team that is not only thinking next level, but acting next level. Like we've heard all of the all of the the talk about what this franchise was going to be after Virginia McCaskey, right? And maybe what the kids would do in terms of selling and not selling and and, and who, who the next McCaskies were to, to run this thing. If you bring a guy like Kevin Warren in and you look at his track record and not just as a professional, but as a student and as a young man, I mean, hell, this dude has persevered through things that no normal human being should. And, and I don't want to speak... Um, I don't want it to be overwrought with with you know this this placement of importance on achievement, but damn it, the dude has achieved at every single level in his life. And when you look at what they've got in Minnesota in terms of a stadium, like I've come to grips, and you probably should too, come to grips with the Bears going to be in Arlington Heights. Okay, so do you want the people who put together all the things that you've seen previously, all of the things as a Bears fan? Whether it be worrying about people on the business end being met or uh, being a part of uh, personnel conversations or personnel acquisition or evaluation, whether it be the the, the mismanagement or uh, I should say not the mismanagement, but how the Bears come across in a PR manner, like the things that that need fixing from top down, getting a new set of eyes, not just a new set of eyes, but a set of eyes that has been successful at every single stop. And Kevin Warren, I salute the Bears. This man was the first African-American COO in the NFL. He is now becoming the first uh, African-American president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. He was the first African-American Power Five commissioner. And what he went through with the Big Ten three or four years ago when he got since then— you know, I remember when the, I jumped on the Big Ten radio with Anthony Heron, and that was when Kevin Warren was getting ready to take over, okay? 
And a lot of people thought that Jim Phillips, the AD for Northwestern, was going to get that gig. Now, Jimmy Phillips is a great guy, went on to do great things in the ACC. But when Kevin Warren got that gig, you knew it was because he was exceedingly, exceedingly the best candidate available. Having to deal with Big Ten football, a Power Five conference where the CFP is is something that you have to either be a part of or bring home every single year. The Big Ten Network's conversations when it comes to not only expansion, but how much money these universities are going to get. And then overseeing the fact that USC and UCLA get added to a conference that is searching for um, not just a, a bigger national footprint, but revenue wise. I mean, the Big Ten has been raking in the cash over this last few years, and it's, it's been no uh, it's been in no small part uh, because of the fact that they had Kevin Warren at the helm. And we can really get to it, too, because the situation that Kevin Warren went through concerning COVID, I find very fascinating because I'm going to tie myself in here because of the way I see it. I have had an on and off relationship with college sports my entire life as a kid. Love college football, love college basketball. I kind of I kind of lost a little bit of interest in it. The, The more I got into my radio career as a young 20-something-year-old and then gain more interest and then gain more interest and then bang, all of a sudden I end up in Atlanta where you're in the middle of the South and you know what Georgia football, you know what SEC football does. And it invigorated me in a way that I was very happy about. Your career takes you in different ways and different waves. And I got a chance to ride that wave. I come back home and college football and college basketball is still important to me. And then the years pass. And then we get to COVID. and The way that people were just so reticent to send kids out to play when we didn't know a lot about the disease, we didn't have as much uh, information about the vaccines. Hell, vaccines weren't as readily available as they are right now. And this is before the decision to take it or not take it. But just from a public health standpoint, having to deal with that situation and knowing that you were going to make a whole bunch of people unhappy, Kevin Warren stood tall. He stood tall. Now, mind you, the quarterback that he will be in the same building with is a person who was an opponent to his stance on uh, the Big Ten and how they would go about uh, playing or not playing and some of the precautions that they would have to take inside the season. You know, I just just sat back and and I soured on college sports because of it. You know, I soured on the fact that we were asking young men and young women to travel the country. And yes, they had greatest immune systems because they were young men and young women and they were the peak physical conditions. But uh, in most times, in most instances, I'm always asking about, hey, what about the other people around you? What about what about the grandparents and the, and the cousins and the people that they had to be around during holiday breaks that didn't have those built up immune systems or maybe had uh, immune deficiencies. So like these were the things and the conversations that just became so cumbersome to me as a sports fan. And of course, we all had to ride that, like I said, that nasty wave and are still riding that nasty wave because I know we're still moving around out here like it's not still affecting people. Uh, but Kevin Warren looked that right in the eye and and led. He led and he led in an unwavering manner that I think, and, and if I am mistaken, then feel free to jump in on the voicemail line, 773-359-3103. But I, I felt like not only was I proud that this brother was moving like that because he was thinking about the bigger picture, I was happy to see that I lived in a region 
that cared a lot more about the people. Right. Because during that time, college football coaches and college football fans were embarrassing themselves to me, you know, putting things before health that I just thought were uh, trivial. And I don't want to make anyone feel bad about their last year of college football or, you know, their, their fandom. But in the end. You know, we still, like I say at the end of these things, you know, take care of each other and be safe. We still have an issue with taking care of each other. So I was appreciative in the way that Kevin Warren handled himself. And now going forward, man, 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 ooh-wee, you got a, you got a black president, you got a black general manager, and you got a black quarterback. This is about to be, this is going to be the most I have ever rooted for the Chicago Bears in my life. And I thought I rooted for them before. Now, of course, I, if they come in here and I ask, we're going to talk crazy about them because that's what they deserve and it's still a business and you got to run it like one. But boy, they I am rooting for them to do well, Tony. Because if they don't, <laughs> ooh-wee, <laughs> like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that, that, that one-shot Charlie kind of vibe, boy. Kevin Warren better win two, three Super Bowls in the next five, six years. <laughs> because if not, there's going to be every variation of the word in every dialect, in every, uh, with every accent. Uh, you, you're going to have to mess around and have brothers come out here like, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> should we calm down? Is this Twitter that we're in? Why? Like, like, why is the timeline and why are the fans hurling these insults at us? Because you saw it happening a little bit with Justin Fields this year. Like, the moments where Justin was bad, and it was like, ha-ha. They were just sharpening the word. Like, ha I'm getting it ready for you. Just just you wait. You know, let them win. Let them lose 10 games in a row, and I'll, I'll have it ready for you at the end of the season. But I'm just messing around in that end. But seriously, though, man, this is um, it's a big day for the Chicago Bears. And... I'm looking forward to seeing what he has in plan and place and also how this stadium is going to come about, uh, some of the creature features that, that, that he will offer. And I'm looking forward to not having to tell my child that, hey, the Bears don't hire black people. Because as much as y'all think that that's not a thing, people in, in the community have had these conversations. Like, hell, Lamar Soup Campbell was, was the man-man before we ran into Ryan Poles. Like, hey, it's a brother close to the top over there with the Bears. So this is a big deal, and I'm going to celebrate it because I think that he is a more more than worthy candidate. I mean, hell, the dude got hit by a car as a little kid and they told him that he might not walk again and and he and he persevered through that. Like like he's <laughs> he's a he's a special kind of cat, man. And he went on to have a college basketball career after people told him he wouldn't be able to walk maybe as a kid. So, uh I'm looking forward to it. I hope after this um this grand um this grand introduction that, that that I have given him. I hope that everything stays above board. And if it doesn't, I will act as if none of this ever happened. And I will make sure that this episode is deleted. You can bet yourself that. Bulls Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You know, Tony, I've been in a few relationships in my life and the best relationships are the ones that you feel served you and are also filled with um, consistency and uh, upward movement, right? Where you feel like you're growing, the relationship is growing, you've seen the roadblocks, you've gotten over them, you point out certain obstacles, 
and, and, and you make sure that you don't even have to go through them sometimes. For whatever reason, the Chicago Bulls are the relationship that just, anytime they check in, I'm like, I, hey, I don't know if I can believe in you. <laughs> I, I don't, you were cool. We had a great time. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, this entire year has been a game-to-game referendum on my relationship with the Bulls as a fan. Right? My job is my job. And I'm going to do my job. And last, last game, yeah, I got, I got a little heated. And I, I covered it with laughter because the Washington Wizards, without three important players, are not supposed to beat you. Kyle Kuzma is a fun player, but Kyle Kuzma uh, is not supposed to beat you from a coaching standpoint as well. I'd rather Taj Gibson take that shot. I'd rather you trap and get the ball out of Kyle Kuzma's hand if you're Billy Donovan. Um, So many things. The end of the game, Zach has a beautiful game. Just He's all over the court. He's doing all the, the, the max player things you want him to do. And then at the end of the game, throws a wraparound pass that should be headed to the top of the key to the wing. It goes into the sixth row in the stands. And then the possession at the end of the game, thinking that you're getting fouled. So you, you drive a little bit into the player, giving up the chance at a three-point shot, maybe hoping to hit, I don't know, a and one situation. Or looking at Caruso behind you wide open, like I can live with. Alex Caruso missing a wide-open three-pointer as opposed to you taking the three-point opportunity out of the out of the picture unless you knock down a shot while also getting fouled in a game that was, uh, I think, officiated pretty evenly in terms of the Washington Wizards were the aggressor and they got a lot of the calls and the Bulls had maybe one or two aggressors and they didn't get a lot of the calls. Um, it's just It's just so disheartening sometimes because they knew what to do in the first half of the basketball game. And then, you know, in the third quarter, the Washington Wizards are going to come out and make a run. Every NBA team that is down in the first half comes out in the third quarter and says, we got to make them call the first time out. We got to come out there and jump on their ass. The Bulls had a 59 to 46 lead against this Wizards team with no Bradley Beal, no Chris Dapps Porzingis, and no Daniel Gafford. So you've got no rim protection and you've got no shot creation outside of Kyle Kuzma consistently. Yeah, you know, they got Monte Morris and some other dudes that'll get hot on you, but Anthony Gill, not our Tony Gill, but Anthony Gill, Anthony Gill has one of the best shooting games of his season. And when guys get hot, it's hard to cool them off. Confidence is a mother in the NBA. Every it's, it's the it's the great equalizer. Dudes get confident. Shit, we've seen, and this is no shade to Jr. because he's a terrifically talented player. But we've seen Jr. Smith put forty on people, right? Streak shooters get streaky hot. We've seen guys get shoot. Hey, Royce O'Neal shot the Brooklyn Nets out of a game the other night. Guess what? Anthony Gill shot the the Washington Wizards back into a game the, a couple of nights ago. It all equals out. But the way that you play can't waver. The way, the style that, it's like they they understand, and I keep saying this, it feels like the Bulls check in with the basketball game two quarters, three quarters in sometimes and ask it, hey, have we played hard enough to win? Because if so, we'd like to get our shit and go. That's what it felt like. It felt like the Bulls were like, hey, we played disciplined and hard enough, haven't we, game? And the game was like, "Mm, maybe. And the Bulls were like, we'll take that as a yes. And the game was like, I told you, maybe. (laughs) And now the Wizards have asked me that question. And now the Wizards are going to get the yes from me. 
That's the only way I can explain this. And man, speaking of explaining things, this uh, I feel like uh, this is not going to be the last time I'm going to say it, but I'm going to act like I'm just going to be the last time I'm going to say it. I need 44 to grow up. I need Patrick Williams to grow up today. And it's not on some shady shit either. It is on some, I see it in you. Everybody sees it in you. What's the problem? DeMar DeRozan going down with a quad strain should have been Patrick Williams feeling like it was his birthday. You are getting ready to go up against the Washington Wizards. Denny Abdia is a dude who got picked in your draft class behind you. A lot of people thought that the Bulls were looking at Denny Abdia before they got the fourth pick to select you. You're supposed to go out there and kick everyone's ass. You know Zach Levine's going to put up shots from the perimeter and take some of that pressure off of you. You know Vooch is supposed to be getting the ball in the post because there's no Chris Dapsdurzingas. There's no Daniel Gafford, even though he didn't. That should have been a 20-shot game for Vooch. 20, easy. With no DeMar DeRozan out there, another perimeter option is necessary. Come on, Pat. Like, on the real. This, that was it. And there's been too many games where this needs to be the game where he hasn't had that game. It's cool to do it for a week and a half, scoring 12, 13 points and being the fourth option and all that. But when it's time to kick it in gear, because guess what? You think you're going to get to the playoffs and everybody's going to be healthy? There might be a game or two where you got to be the man. This ain't high school. This ain't college. And if you don't give a shit about anybody else on this team, care about your money too. Everybody's watching. You think people are out there in the NBA waiting for you not to play well this season and then the season after that so they can get a premier physical talent for cheap and then have you playing for your bread for the rest of your career? Like, that's that's as simple as it gets for me. As talented as that dude is, whatever's going on, it has to stop. It has to cease because they need him. They need him. They need him defensively. They need him offensively, and, uh, you know, unfulfilled potential is one of the greatest sins in the world, and I hate to put that on him, but, man, you got all the potential in the world. You got it, (laughs) and we see it, and we see the aggressive moments and the flashes, but I can't get to the fourth quarter of a game against a team that you should be mopping the floor with, and you got four points. Can't happen. Can't be patting like the, the same thing. The same way I want to pat dudes on the back for playing defense, I can't pat dudes on the back for scoring 13, 14 points. That's supposed to be the baseline right now for Pat. And I'm not putting that loss on him, but uh, the, they, they didn't win because of him too. This team got to figure out what it is. This team got to figure out why they out there. This team also has to figure out what's working. I have never seen a team understand what works and then completely go left on that plan. I've never seen it. And if everybody's locked up, then what are we talking about here? <laughs> if, every, if, if you got a max player that's on the court, if you got an extended coach, then what, who, who's, not, who's not doing what? <laughs> who's not adhering to what? Ayo Desumu, listen up. Hey, there ain't no point guard out there right now. DeMar DeRozan is down. And what's going to happen is DeMar DeRozan is going to come back for that Golden State game. DeMar giving y'all two games to feel good about having the basketball in your hands. Two. Enjoy your Wizards and Thunder fun in the sandbox when Sunday afternoon rolls around and Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors are across from us. I'm probably going to be back out here. 
you know what happened, Jay? When DeMar went down, it should have been a, everybody's eyes get open now. Um, but what we found out was DeMar is hiding a lot of things. This, they aren't ready to take that next step. And DeMar, and we wonder why the numbers skew to him late in game, the number, why the usage skews to him. Like it, he answers the He bet. has to. Like he has to. He sees these dudes in practice. He sees these dudes every day. He talks to them every day. They're just not there. They're just not there. And you got a max player who's also not there. When you say not there, expound. The consistency you need to be a good team in the NBA, to be a contributing player to a winning cause, it's not there with this team. And we thought we were getting a different DeMar DeRozan. He had to be, I'm learning now, he had to be this DeMar DeRozan to, for this team to be as successful as it was. Yeah. He had to be this version of DeMar DeRozan. It also dovetailed with his retaliation or, you know, re, uh, his, his redemption tour, right? Mm-hmm. With, with showing people that he could still get it done at this level, if not better. So I know, I, I, I understand, man. It's just unfortunate to watch because I only speak this way because they're a talented team. Like, if this team wasn't talented, I, I wouldn't be going through this. Like, no, we'd be watching an average team try to figure out how they could tank, right? How, what pieces they were going to get rid of. And, and, you know, there's actually talk about them being buyers at the trade deadline. And I'm like, what, what can you move? What, what's shown itself to the point where you can do without it? Where do you have, where do you have a surplus at, Right. And this Golden State team that's coming in here on Sunday, uh, you know, people around that team and people who cover that team and people who I've talked to think that they are interested in a guy like Alex Caruso. So what can you go without that you don't need right now? Like, there, there is no, okay, we got a surplus of shooting. Okay, we got a surplus of big men. Okay, there's a glut of guards. Yeah, there's a glut of guards because you got a bunch of guys who get hurt. And it's not to, to the, it's not their fault. The NBA is the NBA, but Javante Green being down has has hurt this team defensively. Of course, Lonzo Ball being down has hurt this team defensively and offensively. Right? Kobe White has had his bumps and bruises over the last couple of years, and of course, Zach Levine is just seemingly getting back to the the Zach Levine that we saw pre knee injury, pre knee surgery. So. What piece don't you need enough to put you over the top? That's not just going to be a lateral move. And that's the that's the position. They're in a very tough position right now, especially with the trade deadline looming. You've got an expiring deal in, in Nikola Vucevic. You have to declare, and this team is not declaring for you, or maybe they are. Maybe they are just declaring it for you that, hey, man, this is, we, you saw the ceiling pre-All-Star break of last year, the short sample size that now we have, what, a year and a half of basketball? That half of basketball doesn't equal the year that we've seen of basketball. So what's the next step? Because you, the Golden State Warriors are like the supreme premier edition of having veterans while also trying to retool. And we see how that's going. And that's after championship runs. It's hard. After championship runs, it's hard. So trying to retool with people who haven't won anything yet, who may, you know, I mean, it's, it's a game of ego. Like all these dudes feel like they are the best player on the floor, best player in the league. So you're trying to look a dude in the eye that you're paying max money to or look at the dude in the eye that you've given a bunch of money to in free agency and say to him, hey, we believe in you, but 
do you, how much do you believe in that person? Because you got to declare as well. The league is going to start to set the market here in a moment. We're starting to hear all these names pop up now. So the Bulls have a couple of weeks here where they got to figure this out. All-star break is around the corner. Salt Lake City going to be popping. <laughs> you know, and, and once again, this is the other thing, too. I'm tired of it. Like, I haven't done it at all. And I refuse to engage in the Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan all-star conversation. I refuse. We're past that. The fans are bearing that out. None of them showed up in the in the returns. No bull showed up in the second round of returns. There you go. There you go. This team is uh, this team is tough to have a relationship with right now because you see all the good things, you see all the smiles, you see all the laughs, you see all the fun times, you see the the aerial acrobatics uh, uh, of Derrick Jones Jr. and Zach Levine, you see. The, the games where Ayo DeSumo looks like he is about to take that next step into a starting point guard, a starting lead guard position, right? You see all these things. You see Vooch, uh, when used properly, engaged in a way offensively and defensively that makes you say, okay, this is, you know, this, this is what? Maybe the fifth best center in the sixth best center in the East? Fifth, somewhere around there on the good nights? And then you see the nights where it's like, why don't you guys know each other? Why, why, aren't we, why aren't we watching a team play together with enough discipline, enough integrity, and enough toughness to withstand? You know, 10 to 2 runs can stop at 10 to 2 runs. They don't have to turn into, you know, 26 to 8. That was a 20-point difference in the third quarter with the Washington Wizards, with no Beal and no Porzingis. I love Kyle Kuzma as much as the next man. I think he is a premier wing player at this point, like a premier rotational wing player. Right? Like a dude who you throw in there and say, Kyle Kuzma's my third piece. You you cooking with gas. That dude is shooting the lights out right now. But he's not supposed to be leading the way, beating you when you come in on the road, feeling good about yourself. They've lost three games in a row. Like, we've had too many of these moments. The San Antonio game, the Oklahoma City game. Like, there's been too many of these. The Orlando game where it's like, wait a minute, what? How? Huh? And then you turn around, you look up, and the standings bear exactly what it. I always go back to. I always go back to that year where the Chicago Cubs, and I forget the year, but the, the Cubs are trying to make the playoffs. And uh, they played the Mets and the Pirates in back-to-back series and pretty much just ran out of gas at the end of the season. And it was Victor Diaz and Benny Agbayani who, who slugged all the way through both of those series. And you're like, how did they lose to the Pirates? How did they lose to the Mets? And you're like, they lost because they were the Cubs in that moment. They weren't a good enough team. Like, I fear that we're going to look back at a lot of these games and go, wait a minute, what happened against San Antonio? What happened is that they're losing because they're playing like the Bulls and the Bulls that you didn't get a glimpse of in the beginning last year, but the Bulls that you've seen since All-Star break of last year. The game plan, the formula, the standard, whatever whatever, whatever name or, or, or term you want to throw out there right now, the Bulls, for whatever reason, are fighting against themselves in terms of what their expectations are. I don't know what contracts are doing to guys, but the pressure isn't, isn't, it's not building diamonds right now. It's not making diamonds right now. Like they won eight out of 11, right? You're supposed to keep that going against the Wizards and the Oklahoma City Thunder. You're supposed to be banking these games, play-in tournaments, tiebreakers, all those, like the Wizards are looking at you right now owning the tiebreaker. You got one more meeting against them. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is wild times because 
the way this team should be performing as opposed to how they are performing, I just don't get where the disconnect is. And what's happening right now is Bulls fans are for, falling further and further into that apathetic feeling and that apathetic vibe before the free agency, you know, uh, the, the free agency hall of Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, and DeMar DeRozan. Like Bulls fans are settling back into that pocket of, oh, okay, the Bulls. Like that, that excitement is starting to die off. The Lonzo conversation has stopped happening, right? So that there isn't even hope on that front, even though he seemingly is progressing. I just need these dudes to understand who they are and who they should be and not run away from those moments. These opportunities are disguising themselves in hard work, and the Bulls aren't clocking in enough for me. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Viore. If you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear, then I have two words that will change everything. Viore clothing. This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts. Just like a really nice pullover, comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable, you'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounge around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I dot com. Slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to the Full Go with Jason Goff. Let me ask you this: What would um, Bryce Young have to be for you to trade Justin Fields and take him with the first pick? Drew Brees. Like if, he w- if he was Joe Burrow, would you would you say Justin? We'll catch you later. Go have fun in New York. No. No. So you think Justin Fields is going to be better than Joe Burrow? Yes. There you go. There you go, my man. Look at you. (laughs) Not very sure about that, but look at you. (laughs) You know, this next, I don't know how many, was it until April 27th? This next, what is that? One, two, three, three, four months or whatever is going to be. The closer we get to this thing, the more the conversation about Justin Fields being traded is going to come up. And I wonder if this city is ready for it. Like, this is going to... Kyle Orton versus Rex Grossman was something that I lived through that I did not want to live through. But <laughs> but to have to have somebody not on your roster and to have, like, this dueling quarterback situation... You know, Pitt and brother versus brother out here. It's going to be very interesting, man. I, like, I can't wait. I cannot wait. You know, and 
this is, you know, we talk about, we made the jokes about Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and Justin Fields. Man, if Bryce Young becomes a star and Justin Fields does not live up to whatever people like us are saying he is going to be, it is going to be, it's going to be the, the, the football civil war in this city. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. People are going to lose their shit. I can't wait for the next decade to see how this thing unfolds. Because I think both of them are going to be really good players. I do. I think both of them are going to be really good players. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to see one in your conference or in your your division, right? I mean, like you go, like you go to Detroit, right? Or CJ Stroud, right? Like, what if CJ Stroud goes to Detroit and has a terrific career, and you're seeing two Ohio State quarterbacks battle it out for the next seven years, right? Like, I'm, I'm just intrigued. Like this, this number one pick, having the best hand is is a lot of it's filled with a lot of pressure. And I, I think Bears fans are going to feel that pressure as we get closer and closer to this thing. I was just wondering, I was just wondering what you what you were feeling. Good to know too that you think that Justin's going to be better than Joe Burrow. Joe's pretty, Joe's pretty excellent, man. Like I, 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 I wasn't wavering on the Joe Burrow thing, but the beginning of this season and the way it started, I was like, oh, let me, you know, they got hot last year in the playoffs, right? They, they. Got in the playoffs, won three games, got to the Super Bowl, did not think that they were going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but this year, he's he's cemented his top seven, top eight status, right? And he's going to be moving up because guys are getting ready to drop out of that top seven, top eight. And that old guard of Brady and Rodgers and those dudes are getting ready to go out of the way in these next couple of years. It's going to be him, Herbert. Right. Josh Allen, of course, nobody's touching the guy like Patrick Mahomes is playing a different game than anybody else is playing. But the the fact that Mike Tannenbaum and all these other guys are out here talking about trading Justin and what what Justin Fields would would bring back in terms of a king's ransom of players. It's it's an interesting conversation to have. And I, by the way. Justin didn't clear all the decks for the conversation to not be had, too, right? Like, there's there's a lot of things that he has to improve upon. But the guy that I saw play against Alabama and Clemson, the guy I saw play with broken ribs, that's the dude that I think is going to transfer when healthy and also when surrounded by some talent. I think he's going to transfer in a way that Bears fans will be happy with, but there's going to be some mud that the Bears fans have to walk through. And this Bryce Young draft pick, I think, is going to be uh, it's going to be a muddy time because people no. people believe he's a cleaner prospect, right? I mean, if they were in the draft together right now, do you think Bryce Young would be the number one pick? Because I do, probably. Yeah, Bryce. I think Bryce Young would be the number one pick. Uh, I think Justin Fields would be far and away the second best quarterback in this draft. And you've got the cost control factor that a lot of people are throwing out there. You got the players that you can get back for him. Like there's a there's a lot surrounding this conversation that doesn't make it as crystal clear as, as possible. And you know what? I, I think that we, you know, and I know I won't speak for anybody else, but I know I painted myself in a corner where it's like, Justin, give me Justin or give me death. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I know that if there's a better option, I would change my mind. I just don't know that Bryce Young is far and away clearly the better option, right? And and we've already got a certain amount of tape against NFL defenses that goes against 
Justin Fields that Bryce Young doesn't have, right? Like, we haven't seen Bryce Young struggle on this level in ways that we've seen Justin Fields struggle. So the same stuff that we could put on his record and besmirch it with, Bryce Young hasn't been able or haven't had the opportunity because he hasn't been drafted yet to do those things. So, you know, you can play it both ways, but... Uh, the, the conversation needs to and will be had and is going to be had even after whatever decision is made. Because if you trade Justin Fields to the New York Jets and all of a sudden they got a ready rock squad defensively and he and Garrett Wilson get on another page because they played football together for a couple of years, then, you know, <laughs> you're still going to have to have Bryce Young achieve at a certain level to even make sure that that conversation isn't had. And I know they wouldn't be you playing against the Jets or you competing against the Jets, but let's face it, fan perception about talent evaluators, it, it follows and it tracks to the players that you made decisions on, right? Like, you know, R Ryan Pace, the decisions that he made with Leonard Floyd and with, you know, all the players that he took, the Justin Fields stuff doesn't offset it because he isn't here anymore. Right, He selected Justin Fields, but before that, he traded up to select Leonard Floyd. He's traded up to select uh, Mitchell Trubisky. So, you know, the players that you evaluate, uh, it sticks in the minds of the, of the fan base. No matter if you've been getting diamonds in the third, fourth, and fifth round, franchise quarterback is franchise quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. I, I, I can't wait to hear what the conversation is going to be over the next few months, though. The one thing I don't want to do is forget about context about this season. Like, for the first, what, three games, four games, they didn't know how to use Justin. So that's, like, four games wasted. Mm -hmm. um, then, as the season went on, injuries hit. He doesn't have any more receivers. He's got guys that can't get open, and he's got no time because his line is... First, Trash. It first started off, it was mid. And then it got worse from there. So it was like, what do you... We are enamored with the savior quarterback when it's, like, four or five of those. Like, I'm okay if he's not Mahomes. I'm okay if he's not Josh Allen. You need him to be Jalen Hurts. You need him to be Tua. You need him to be a winning quarterback that can make winning throws and winning plays when it's time to win. Like, I don't... Everybody is is involved in the winning of a, uh, uh, a Super Bowl. It does help when you have the Mahomes savior type quarterback. But that isn't everybody. And I'm not going to put that on Justin. I think Justin is going to be a really, really good football player. Now, if Bryce Young just so happens to be better than him, quote unquote, I didn't see, I wouldn't be mad because I wouldn't see the degrees that would be like, okay, we need to get him versus Justin. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Justin. I think I believe that because he's a very talented player. And he's got all the physical tools. And I think. He's mentally prepared to take on that challenge. So, like, hey, all the all the conversation around should they move on from Justin, it's like, if you can guarantee me that the next guy you're going to draft is going to be a Hall of Famer, then yeah. But if you can't guarantee me, just keep what keep with what you have and do your job. Coach, build the team around him. Like, it's, it's I don't want to worry about this. And I don't want to have that thought in the back of my head of, Man, we might have should have just kept Justin. I'm not going to be mad if, if Bryce or CJ or Levitz becomes great quarterback. I'm not going to be mad at that because I, I think there's enough here in Justin Fields to actually win something here. Yeah, you won't be mad at it, but you know how Bears fans get down. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be one of the, I'd say, 
five or six most interesting storylines I think that, that we will ever have gotten a chance to cover. I truly believe so. I think this this next half a decade or so is going to be the way we saw the Derrick Rose years in terms of the the tension, the ex- expectations, all those things, and of course the injuries that befell Derrick Rose in his knee and all the other stuff that happened. I mean, you know, there are there have been a few stories in my lifetime that have been on the field, on the court, on the you know on the diamond, on the ice where. It, it, it just captivated the entire city. I think this this time now, with the infrastructure that's being built over at Hallis Hall, with the seemingly number one franchise quarterback that they have in tow, and with all the cap money, all the draft picks, all the uh, the, the 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 capital, right? Having the number one pick overall, this is a pivotal time, not only in the Chicago Bears history, but in Chicago sports history. So documenting and detailing everything that goes on for, from this moment on, right? You know, it started a couple of years ago, but it's really from now, from right now is this is the time where it's like, all right, do you want to reset that clock? Do you, do you, do you want two more years of cost control in drafting a, a, a number one pick quarterback like Bryce Young? Do you want to, Start that clock on yourself if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus in terms of, okay, now it's your guy in here. You better win, right? Like, if I'm Matt Eberflus, I'm like, yo, you saddled me with the youngest team in the NFL and we played more rookie snaps than anybody. I can't keep losing, right? I, so there, there, there's cross-purposes there, too, right? And Ryan Poles can't care about what Matt Eberflus can't keep doing, right? So this is going to be really interesting here. It's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to, uh, to continue to... Uh, note and uh, kind of have the general overview of what's happening at Hallis Hall. I'm just looking forward to the time that this team could be sustainably successful and have the style that it's supposed to have. And I think they've got people in place that uh, will achieve both things. The full goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 197. It is time for me to get back to my uh, minimalistic type of life where I've got chicken tenders and you know, ocean spray juice downstairs to to go devour. Um, my lady won't be back until Saturday morning, so I don't have to get back to living like a real human until maybe Saturday afternoon. Uh, so we'll we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Um, by that time, I will have gained a good twelve pounds and maybe taken two showers, but that is only hopeful. Uh, Want to thank everybody out there. Want to thank our production staff, of course. The, uh, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, and the act of Jesse Lopez, my main man, Tony Gill. Uh, I want to thank you guys out there for downloading this thing, for subscribing to this thing, right? For rating and reviewing it, giving us the five stars that you know we deserve, and also for sharing it with your family and friends. Uh, love talking to you all about the pod. Love the feedback that we're getting on the pod, and I'm truly appreciative every time we get a chance to do this. We are a few episodes away from uh, episode 200, we can start season two of this thing. I'm looking forward to that. Um, remember, the voicemail line is always open for you, 773-359-3103. Anytime you want to leave a voicemail, just go right ahead. If you want to, you know, sing sing your favorite song into the voicemail, if you want to get your, your, your stand-up comedy career off, off the floor, if you want to just talk about the Bears, Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Hawks, whatever you got on your mind, 773-359-3103 is right there for you. So for the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. Thanking you as always for hanging out with us. We will catch you on Sunday. And as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and remember to be safe. 
This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 